The Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Sponsored by The Bullet Group, putting you in tomorrow's conversations today. Welcome to The Echo Chamber. I'm Arthi Shaw, your host for today's episode. So there is a huge fascination around exploring generations. Many of us can contend that we were and perhaps continue to be inundated with millennial analysis. Um, nearly everyone I'm sure who's listening has seen um, you know, some of the early inquiries into Generation Z. But on today's show, we are actually leaping past both of those generations and going straight to Generation Alpha. So Generation Alpha is a term that's used to describe children born after 2010. In some ways, they are the children of, of millennials, especially the older millennials. Um, it's not just marketing speak. The, the term um, Generation Alpha was actually coined by a social, social researcher named Mark McCrindle. So here on today's show to talk more about this, we have Hotwire's Laura McDonald. And Laura, congratulations to her, was very recently promoted to um, head of consumer um, for all of North America for Hotwire. So she led some additional research um, that the agency did into this particular generation, which she is on the show here to talk about. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. Yeah. So Generation Alpha. And so let's let's clarify who Generation Alpha is exactly. So my understanding is they are the children of millennials. Yep. So it was Defined by Mark McCrindle, he's an Australian researcher, and he defined it as children born after 2010. Okay. So it could be the very end of Gen Xs, Zennials, as they now call it, but mainly the children of millennials. Okay, okay. And and we should distinguish between Gen Z as well. Which, yes. So they are born in between what, like... They were born in the, like, Gen Z is the children of the millennials. So, like, very end of the 1990s mm-hmm. through to 2010, basically. And he defined that there would be a difference between Gen Z and Generation Alpha is because 2010 is when um, the iPad really became popular. So in terms of that experience that kids were born up with, um, growing up with the iPad in front of them as a screen, and also Instagram. So if you think about, you know, these Generation Alpha kids have been, like, photographed from birth, Mm -hmm. basically. And that was slightly different from Gen Z's who grew up when, yes, their parents had mobile phones and they were very used to the mobile phones and the internet, but not necessarily so much of that ever prevalent from the moment they, you know, were born. Right. And so let's take a moment to talk about Gen Z then, because it almost seems like there's this there's this interest in Generation Alpha, and as you mentioned, like more and more brands are showing interest yeah. in Generation Alpha, and they're almost skipping over Gen Z, and and I wonder why that is. I mean, I think Gen Z is super interesting, and there's definitely a lot of um, companies, you know, investigating those, and you know, Adobe, for example, is doing its you know think tank series with with Gen Z, and I think the interesting thing about Gen Z is that a lot of companies are looking at them because they're the starting to enter the workforce now, which is positively frightening when you're my age to think that these kids <laughs> yeah. born in 2000 are already starting to enter yeah. the workforce. Mm-hmm. But I think that, so I think there's a lot of interest in them in that kind of specific arena. I think Generation Alpha is really interesting if you think about it from a consumer brand perspective. Like the fact that, you know, from, as our research said, and you can see the Expedia research as well, that these kids are already having such an impact on kind of purchasing decisions in the home. And as a consumer brand, you do really care about what, you know, parents are buying and, and that kind of stuff. And so understanding that Generation Alpha is having such an impact already is going to... I think that's why consumer brands are like, 
wow, we kind of missed the boat a little bit with millennials and Gen Z. We better get ahead and right. understand Gen Alpha now because they're already having an impact. Right. And in fact, I'll, I'll read out the, the stats that you all had. So you all, um, I think we worked with one poll, right? And you um, surveyed 8,000 8, millennial parents around the world, the world yeah. right? With children between four and nine and found that 65% of, the, of these parents said that the habits of their children influenced their last purchase. And what was really staggering was this number bounced to 81% amongst Amer- U.S. millennial parents. Yeah. So can you give us an example of what it looks like to have your four-year-old or your five-year-old or your nine-year-old impact your, your purchasing decisions? How does that look? Yeah, I mean, I think it's... The impact is that the parents are talking to their kids a lot more. And, and you could see this in the Expedia report in terms of like planning where to go on, on destinations. I think when I was a kid, you know, I'm the parents of baby boomers. Uh, my parents are baby boomers. You know, when I was growing up, you know, you never got any choice. You felt like you just got loaded into the car yeah. and your parents drove <laughs> and you turned up at a resort. Or, mm-hmm. you know, your dad would come back with a new TV. And I remember that being super exciting because, you know, TVs weren't pretty new from when I was growing up. But you were never involved in that purchase. That was something that they did. And I think, you know, if you think about how we're in, you know, millennials grew up and it's a very discursive, like they like to talk about things, they like to share, they like to read reviews, they like to really engage and discuss. And they've just taken that habit into their child. So it's not that the child is necessarily the one to make the decision, but they're definitely involved in that decision making process. And I think about it from you know, how I've got, you know, Gen Alpha kids, and that's one of the reasons we did the report, you know, I actually, we do involve, like, just naturally, like, if we're going to go and buy a new sofa, or, you know, those kind of things, like, our kids come with us, they're not left at home, which, you know, definitely would have felt to be the case, you know, that mum would stay at home, and dad would go off and make the purchases, now it's, the whole family goes out, and goes to Target, or goes to, you know, Best Buy, and, and we talk about it, do you like this one, do you not like this one, and then the kids are also coming home with suggestions that they've heard from their peers, mm-hmm. of things that they've seen on YouTube, and, and like, oh, we should get this, and actually sometimes you're like, hey, actually, that's, that's a really good idea, and so I think that discussion that we're having with our children at a much younger age comes from, like, millennials like to talk about everything that's yep. been well known, yep. and they're just taking that through to their children and making them part of the decision-making process. It doesn't mean they're the ones making the choices at right. the end, but they definitely have input in a way that we hadn't really ever seen with other generations. Right. And, and I'm sitting, I'm nodding because I'm also a parent of a generation <laughs> alpha child. And, and I was just thinking about when we plan our vacations and how much input we get. We, it's a family discussion. It's a family decision. Yeah. yeah and, and yeah, back in the day, right. Yeah. We would load up in the minivan and you know, show up in Florida or whatever. Um, So what's interesting also is it seems like brands are also creating products that might be specific to generation alpha. Like I was reading about um, Fitbit. They, they have a Fitbit ACE, which is, which is um, kind of an activity monitoring device for children. Are there more examples of brands sort of creating um, products like this, like products that like, like some of these technology products that are designed specifically for children or gen, gen alpha Yes, and I think you see like the crossover as well. So you take sort of, you know, Lego and, and some of the products that, that they've been developing and, you know, some of the Lego Technic series and some of the things that are really kind of designed for parents and their children to, to play or engage with together. Or you look at like the Lego um, stuff they did around American Ninja Warrior. Like that's, you know, you're selling Legos to the children, That's but that's a show that they had recognised was, you know, super well watched by the family as a whole, but it's the parents who are potentially making that decision to watch that show. And so being able to create these products that kind of appeal to both, I think that's the other change as well. Like, you've always had a lot of products that are marketed to kids, like toys and all of that, always marketed for kids. But now you're getting these products that are kind of marketed to the family. 
and it's meant to be for parents and kids to do together. Um, and I think, you know, whether that's watching, you know, you know, TV shows that have companion stuff on YouTube to playing the games, that kind of much more sort of circular 360. And it's because parents and children are engaging and, you know, millennial parents want to be in with their children's lives and do things together that I think that's a new category that I don't think we saw before. I think there were clearly things for adults, things for kids. Right. And now you're getting kind of that real blurring of the lines, you know, particularly when you think about brands like Lego, like my husband will very happily sit down and do right. you know, quite complicated Lego with my son. And it's, you know, I even bought him a Lego set for his Christmas present because he's super into it. And that's kind of cool. That's right. fine for, you know, a Gen X man to do Lego because he's got children. Yep. And it, and that's how the marketing's really shifted, I think. Right. It's so parallel because it's my, my husband and my son also do very complex Legos. They, they just yeah. did one of the San Francisco skyline. They yeah. did one of the New York skyline. And yeah, so that's a really great example. Um, what about in terms of... Um, of television? So what I've seen is that Generation Alpha, actually, they, they watch less TV than previous yes. generations. So how are marketers sort of reaching them... And, and also, I mean, just the way that we watch TV is also different too, right? We don't have the same influence yeah, from ads. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I remember I was when we were moving, actually, and uh, we'd, like, we were packing up the garage, and my, we left my son with the TV on to, to watch that cartoon while we were packing up, and he comes running out, and he's like, the TV's broken, the TV's broken, and we're like, oh, what's he done? What's he yeah. done? And we walk in, it was an advert, because yeah. we'd actually mm-hmm. recorded a Disney movie off, like, regular TV, mm-hmm. and he'd never seen adverts before, right. and he's like three, and we're like, Wow. Yeah. And it, so I do think that, you know, that kind of traditional advertising, you know, on a TV show is, you know, for this generation, it's just not something they're ever going to grow up with. They, they're growing up with on demand, you know, right. they all have their own, you know, iPads or Amazon Fire devices where they can watch their TV or the shows that they want when they want them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that advertising or marketing is going away. I think there are, you know, some really smart you know, things that, that brands and, and people can do, like, you know, what Lego did with American Ninja Warrior, where mm-hmm. it was creating this almost companion, you know, to it and revealing new things that were coming on the American Ninja Warrior show out of Lego first that people could watch on YouTube before the TV show. Right. Because I do think, it's not that TV shows are going away, it's just yeah. the traditional way of watching them is changing. And I still think there's a lot of opportunity for, you know, thinking about it with your marketing hat on for brands to like better engage with those audiences. And it right. actually, it's not that pushing the message and hoping that someone will watch it. It's like being really, really smart about who you're trying to reach, creating content that they're really going to engage with. And if you create the right sort of content and you have it in the right places, you'll actually get much better engagement, I believe, than you would ever would have done from like a TV advert that happened to be on during the middle of a Disney movie that was on, you know, terrestrial TV. Right. Although I do remember so many of those commercials from Saturday morning <laughs> cartoons. I even yeah. remember some of the jingles, right? Um, the Toys R Us ones, right? Like, um, yes. So, so in terms of these new ways, we, we, I guess we have to talk about then um, influencers, right? And yep. influencers in particular for children. Um, I, think, I think your study actually had some, some information yes. about them. I mean, some of these folks are under 10 years old and have millions. Millions. Of, of and they're followers. the like, primary breadwinner for their families yeah. and things, which is... Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean we're, that's going into some tricky territory. I think the New York Times did a piece um, a couple of months ago, really kind of looking and questioning this. Yeah. And, and it makes you wonder about, A, you know, the viability, like, will this space be more highly regulated if you have children um, making this kind of money? And then secondly, like, yeah, I mean, is this the way that Generation Alpha is going to learn about, you know, uh, 
you know, new products and, are, and is this the way that they're going to engage the way we did with commercials maybe as children? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, you know, influencers are not going to go away. I do think that there's going, and I think there is increased kind of scrutiny into kind of the treatment of influencers, particularly, you know, influencers that are children and, and, you know, you can see the platforms like YouTube and things already making kind of steps to better control and, and kind of manage, you know, what's going on there. I do think it's, it came sort of, not necessarily out of nowhere, we've always had influencers, it's just, you know, the platforms gave people that opportunity to, to really expand and grow, but so I think that you'll, you will see more regulation in the future, but I definitely don't think they'll ever go away. I just think, I think it will go back to being that more 360. If you think about like um, Jojo, who's one of those kind of, you know, kids influencers, the fact that she now has a fashion range in Target, wow. you know, that's kind of, but that's going old school. You know, that's what celebrities mm-hmm. have right. done since, you know, one of the reasons Target became so popular is like it's celebrity partnerships. So I think it's influencers going to blow up out of nowhere. I think there will be more regulation, but I also think that those influencers will go old school. Look at, um, it's not Generation Alpha, but look at um, Lily Singh, who was the YouTube star and is now going to have her own like daily, you know, night show on, you know, regular television. I think there's going to be such increased blowing. And I think what will happen is that the regulations that have been put on traditional kind of influencers and celebrities and, and how they have to talk and disclose will start to be applied to, you know, the influencer market. And I think that's in general a really good thing. Right. So I think you'll just start to see this blurring. And I do... So I think if you think about it, like the celebrities that we grew up with, you know, and, and how what they marketed to us and things like that, if you think about it in that way, it becomes slightly less scary. Right, right. What, so then let's talk about AI then, right? I mean, it's like, this is the generation that's growing up with, um, you know, Alexas or Echoes or Google Home, you know, in, yes. in their living room and they're seeing their parents engage with them. They typically Love start... them. Yeah. Yeah, the and, Echo Buttons. I think we talked about it yeah. when I was at the event. It's mm-hmm. like my, it's one of my son's favorite games to play is Bandit yeah. Buttons with um, Alexa, which is... Is that, is, there, is, that, is that a game? Like Yeah, so you get these like little buttons that light up different colours. Okay. Um, it's co- and so you buy the buttons, and they can be used as switches, so you can use them to switch on right. different lights right, and things right, like that. Yeah. But they actually have games, so if you ask um, Alexa... Like, like, so like, like it's, you would just put it on top of this? No, so they're like standalone like battery-powered buttons oh, okay. that light up. I wish I could show you one. Yeah. But you can say, like, hey Alexa, yeah. play Bandit Button, right. and then all of the buttons will play and there's different games and it's kind of like you can do triple pursuit which is like an old school game as an yeah, adult yeah. when you're using the buttons as the almost like the buzzer right system. right and so for my son that's like that's one of the games that we play but it's what I really like about that and it's kind of weird but it's almost like but it's a family game again it's right. getting the family together to engage and I think that's where yes it kind of feels alien a bit to us mm-hmm. that we're talking to a AI right. and she's like the games master right. but actually for my son it's like a family thing that we're doing together that we're playing this kind of game yep so um, so I mean the way that my son primarily interacts with um, the Alexa right now is mostly like asking it music and, and weather and right now I mean all we know is that it's like it's collecting data and I think we're all aware of that yep. We do, it's, it seems unclear as to how that's going to be like, like, there's not as much overt marketing on there at this point, but no. I'm assuming that's coming. I don't... I mean, I think there's... It doesn't need to be overt marketing, though. I think that's the interesting thing. And um, I think it was um, Gary Vaynerchuk kind of did a whole thing where he asked Alexa to order him some, you know... I think it was like... Um, I can't remember it was well, like shave cream or something. Mm-hmm. 
and it didn't even say what it was and then he gets I think it was the Dove one that got delivered to right. him and mm-hmm. he's like I didn't even ask yeah. for that one right. they decided that and so that's then an interesting yeah. one it's like how much does those big brands pay to be right. the one that Alexa will or you know Google Home will, will yeah. send to you mm-hmm. um, so I think that's where I think it's going to the beauty of those systems is it doesn't need to be over right. kind of marketing yeah. anymore yeah. it can be kind of you know under the radar which has some you know challenges is that a good thing or a bad thing is it you know does it it's much harder from a brand point of view if you know dollars pay out and that kind of respect but then from a user point of view from that generation alpha coming up like that sheer ease of use the fact that you're not being bombarded with all of these different kind of shave cream options the fact that you can get what you want is that a a bad thing right um and i think there's some really nice things you can do about it in terms of building that kind of greater engagement and i think we talk about it quite a lot in the report in terms of brands if we're not going to be overtly marketing to the kids and they're definitely not going to respond super well and you can already see that with gen z that they really don't respond super well to over push marketing then actually there's but there's still this opportunity for brands to build a relationship with the people through these products and i think hellman's did one where it's like, oh, I've got these ingredients. And it's obviously not marketing to the kids at this point because grey area still. But saying like, oh, I've got these ingredients. What can I make for my dinner? And it was suggesting recipes back over, you know, Alexa. You know, and yes, they happen to include, include Hellman's mayonnaise, you know. But I think there's some really nice ways you could be there at that point of need. You know, right. when people need things, the brands can be the one to be there and support them and, and could even be brave enough not to suggest their own brand or, you know, their own products at that point. But they can build that relationship, which breeds loyalty, which means greater brand recognition, which means much higher chance of you know, purchase in the future. And so I think the technology is almost opening up a new way of doing things where it's giving us something in return, whereas before we've always been pushed. Right. It almost just seems like a new channel for content marketing, yes. right? Like, I mean, because that's what that's a conversation five years ago. It was like, you know, the content shouldn't just be self-serving. Exactly. It should be building that relationship. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I don't know if you know Chompers. I probably mentioned it before. It's this awesome podcast oh um, yeah i think you mentioned it on yeah. stage yeah so chompers is a podcast and it was designed by oral b and um Chris kids mm-hmm. in partnership with gimlet media and basically like i have nothing to do with it i just think it's phenomenal and it's this like twice daily two minute podcast which is all full of like random designed for kids to so they can listen to it while they're brushing their teeth it's really funny like it's definitely designed at that age but as a parent like and you'll know like getting yeah. a kid to brush their teeth for two minutes is like yeah it's like holding like jelly mm-hmm. like it's it's impossible <laughs> but actually my son will and he's got like adult teeth now so i'm like really on it you know he will actually if we're listening to the podcast like and it gives you directions it's like 30 seconds you know each side top and bottom but in to spurs with like shock facts fart jokes things like that yeah which like keeps his attention keeps his interest now on that there's no sort of over marketing i mean i think it says at the beginning if you're listening to it on your iphone it's like sponsored by crest kids and oral b on the alexa one it doesn't say that at all because there's no over marketing allowed but as a parent i read about it which is why i introduced it as a parent i'm now like this is amazing and now actually my loyalty to those companies for giving me something that's making my life easier like that point of need stuff i'm like I will buy Crest Kids and Oral-B so you can keep making this podcast. Right, right. Yeah, I, that's that's actually, I'm, I, I'm making a note that I will look into <laughs> yeah, that. It's really good. <laughs> yes. So, so this leads me to my next question, and that's, um, you know, so Gen, Generation Alpha, you know, 2010 after. So these kids are nine and under. These are yes. really, really young kids. We don't, I mean, it seems like to some degree this is all 
speculation because we don't really know yet what their what their behavior habits are going to be and they may and you know because they are surrounded by so much technology and by ai everywhere i mean who knows i mean they might swing the other way and 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 opt for opt out of some of these yes. things so how much of this can we really project into the future i think that was the interesting thing actually that came out when we were doing the report we were planning when we were to do it as this projection into the future of what that could look like as they grow up and the choices that they'll make what came out that was super fascinating and I think was backed up by our study and has been backed up by Expedia's one recently is like these kids are already having such an impact that actually that was the thing that when we looked at the data and looked at the research that we did with the neuroscience and stuff we're like we don't even need to look into the future like right. they're yeah. having such an impact now mm-hmm. and it's changing more rapidly than I think anyone like of our age would ever have thought like the way that they they don't think of technology as technology it's not this thing over here that you'll pick up and you'll use like for them it's like it's it's everything i know it sort of came to light in the video that we did we interviewed he was one of the older children he was eight when we interviewed him he's now nine and we were talking to him about like what he likes and what he wants to be when he grows up and he started talking he wants to be a graphic novelist which how he knows that at eight kind of blows my mind anyway but then we're talking to him like oh so what do you do to support your and he was talking about like well i draw on paper and a freehand and then I scan it in and sometimes I do animations on my computer and the way he was talking about it it wasn't like here's the physical world and here's the online world right. it was different mediums yeah but to him he didn't distinguish between them like I think as an adult I'm right. like now I'm gonna do this yep. on my computer and now we're gonna go and hike in the real world like <laughs> for them they've grown up with when they go hiking they play Pokemon Go and right at least my son loves to do that and you know I think it's to them technology is ever present so it's not this like thing they assume they've been walking to a room and say hey alexa turn on the lights and the lights will come on right like they don't see that as like technology like we do they see that as just the same as a light switch right you and i so how much um counsel are you giving clients on this i mean are you are clients coming to you all asking for guidance around around generation alpha or is it are you all kind of in an education role where you're saying, hey, look, you know, you need to be taking take, taking this into consideration. So, like, yeah, how, like, how prevalent is this? I think it's definitely, if you think about the consumer brands that we're working, you know, that we work with, uh, you know, perhaps a little bit more on the tech side, you know, whether that's McAfee from a, you know, security perspective, you know, some of our smart home clients like Senglide that sell light bulbs and stuff. I think, I mean, they're coming to us being like, you know, we need to educate people in general about security, particularly around kind of key moments like back to school and, and those kind of things. And so I think there's definitely, it's been really interesting for our clients and, and it's been super interesting for us to think about as we create campaigns, it can't be a campaign that's going to be solely focused in one area. If you're trying to reach parents, you've got to now consider not necessarily like how you'll market it to Generation Alpha, but how Generation Alpha will receive that. You know, how will they engage with it? Will they be interested in it? Will they think it's boring? Because as you think about, like, they're now, as going back to the start of this conversation, they're part of that decision-making process. If what we do turns them off, then that's not going to be good for clients. So I think it's definitely something that people are really interested in, that we're definitely, you know, talking to about, we're thinking about as we develop kind of campaigns that, you know, will be, you know, ultimately selling products to parents that's definitely a huge consideration right. i think we you know and i think as you look at kind of you know more spe- specific stuff then you know we're definitely doing so it's definitely something that brands are really liking that we have this knowledge and insight and that we're baking it into our campaigns right 
So, and I don't know if either your research or other research has actually looked into um, sort of the cultural and social positions. And again, these are under nine years old, so I don't yep. know, you know, um, how firm those would be at this point. Um, but, you know, I'm thinking about brands and how purpose and, you know, having, um, taking a point of view has become so yep. important. And I'm wondering if do we have any insight into where, how Generation Alpha thinks about things like gender, um, you know, expectations or even diversity or any of these things. Do we have any insight into that? Not in the specifics. And that's definitely something we're, we're looking at, I think, to look into now. Definitely in terms of like having aligned brand values. That is really important, even to this generation. More in the way of like, if their brand values aren't aligned, then it's an issue. Which is kind of that, that flip. Like right. if they don't see, and that's where we go to, if we're trying to create campaigns that will reach the parents, we've got to make sure that it, it does align with kind of the brand, the right values for Generation Alpha. And they, they're not obviously necessarily massively politically savvy <laughs> right. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, but they think about how they're being brought up in, in schools in right. terms of, you know, yep. more gender neutral, that kind of stuff. Yep. Like if you do a campaign now, I mean, I think you'd get slammed for it everywhere, for, rightly so, that it was like, pink for girls, yep. then not only would that alienate me as a parent, but that would also alienate, like, my daughter right? as well. Yeah, I mean, even just, I mean, I think about the fact that my son often says, does so-and-so feel like a boy or do they feel like a girl? And not, are they a boy or a yeah. girl, right? It's, do they feel like, because yeah. as, as my son will say, that some people may look like a girl, but they may feel like a boy. Yeah. And I mean, this might be really Bay Area specific, but yeah, I was right, say, like, yeah. my daughter's basically decided she's going to marry her best friend, who's Simone. Yeah. You know, it's girl to girl marriage. We're like, brilliant. Yes. You know, go for that. And yeah. it, maybe we are living in the Bay Area and that's kind of, she sees plenty of examples of that and that's like totally normal right. to her. And like girls can do everything that boys can. It's a big mantra for, you know, everyone, but boys can do everything girls can right. as well. And, mm-hmm. and that kind of equality, I think, I think we're probably in a bit of a Bay Area bubble right. on some of that, but yeah. I do think it's important for brands to consider those things and, you know, make sure that they are aligning what they're doing with these kind of brand values that are going to be really important generation alpha. And while they might not be able to articulate that, particularly at like my daughter's age of four, like that's just going to be normal to her. And so she's going to find it very jarring. Right. If a brand tries to market to her as like, you're a girl. Yes. Therefore, yeah, yes, she does love pink, but she also loves purple and she also loves rock climbing and she does all of these things. So if they're like, you're like pink and tutus and you're going to be a fairy when you grow up, I think she would find that quite jarring. And I think you can see brands shifting already. If you look at Disney, the kind of movies and the content it's putting out, you know, Frozen and Moana and stuff. And like, yes, it's still princesses, but they're like, you know, sisters solving it for themselves. Totally. Like the prince doesn't come and rescue them yeah. or Moana does it on her own. Yeah. You know, those are the kind of messages even the brands that they're still super into. They might love princesses, but it's not a princess being saved by a guy. Right. It's the princess solving it for themselves. Yeah. Those empowerment messages are things that they're going to grow up with. And so brands do need to think about that. I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing how quickly our culture has like accelerated in like the last decade. You Things five to 10 years ago, are outdated yes. now, right? I mean, you just, you start to watch them. And we were, um, I forget, there was some movie we were watching with him and we actually stopped it in the middle. We were just like, oh my gosh, because we liked it as children and we had no idea yeah. how outdated some of the references and the the stereoty- like the stereotypical depictions yeah. of things. And um, yeah, I mean, it just seems like the world almost has, is moving faster now than it did. Oh, yeah. Totally. I think um, it's not Generation Alpha, but Seth Rogen was interviewed in GQ recently and obviously some of Seth Rogen's, you know, it's not even that far long ago 
you know, the, some of his movies, you know, yeah. getting pregnant, having to give up your job, and right. the stoner husband's going to be the one to save you. Right. You know, now he's, you know, saying like, okay, that was funny then, and we take it for what it was, but no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't write that now and look at now what I'm putting out, and that's, that's 10 years old. Ten, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, 20, 2007. I mean, no, it's really, I mean, you, I almost start to look at things where they made before 2007, no, sorry, yeah, 2017 or after. Because yeah. that seems to be this line where there was just like this awakening yeah. about certain things. Um, but so, this is what, again, Generation Alpha is growing yeah. up thinking, you know, like, yeah. I remember watching Disney movies and I love Disney and I'm a huge fan, but like, you know, it was always the princess getting saved by the, right. by the man. Oh, totally. And that was totally... In, you know, you were either a princess or you weren't, and I wasn't a princess type, so right. I wasn't the princess, and therefore I couldn't really engage with that. Whereas now, you know, my daughter grew, grows up, and she's watched Frozen and Moana, and she's like, I can be a princess, but I can also, like, sail a boat on my own, and I can right. do all of those things, and I'm like, yes. It's to the point where I almost wonder, like, do do our, does Generation Alpha, do they need to know some of these stories? Do they need to know the story of Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty? Like, do they need to know those stories? They're so out of date but I don't know if they'd even be that interested that's true in them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know like yeah. definitely we have watched a couple of the old ones and it'll be interesting to see I haven't seen the new Aladdin yet but I've heard it's been updated yes. slightly because yeah. um, I remember trying to watch that with my daughter and she was she wasn't super into the you know the whole kind wow. of scenes and yeah. things like that like she loved the music and right. all the stuff that I loved as a child but she she was a bit like eh. yeah. whereas I think like where it's like the woman taking control like right. she loves Moana Right. Oh, and gosh, so you yeah. know, she'll. I would be interested to see if like, you know, if they're just growing up, and that's where it's like jarring for them right. to watch these old ones, and they just won't be interested. And and if and if they on the flip side, if the brands or like or in this case like Disney notices that and they and they just retool everything, right? So I mean, I mean, they yes. did that to some degree with um, with Snow White, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when when they when they saw it from the Queen's point of view, yeah. right? And I wonder if they will end up doing that with a lot of these these stories and just updating them and modernizing them so that they fit better with yes. the current. Culture. I think they would have to if they yeah. don't if they you know at the end of the day want to sell tickets. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, we we've sort of touched on this, but so what's next? Future of of you know the research into this generation as they continue to mature. Yes, so we're working on that right now. Actually, um, hoping to be able to release something in September, uh, sort of later this year, um, into kind of looking into some of the societal stuff, hmm. um, going a bit more deeper into that because I think it was. How we've done it so far is we first looked at the generation themselves and spoke with neuroscientists and people that were working with them. And then we've looked at the parents. And now we're going to try and dig into kind of some of the other issues, because I think it's it's so fascinating. I think from a brand point of view, it's incredibly interesting. And the fact that you know other brands are now getting involved in this discussion is, is amazing. But also, personally, for me, you know, trying to understand my own kids a bit better. Right. Like, it's great. Yeah, I mean, my, it almost sounds like they're, from a societal perspective, they're going to question, like, why do we do the things? Like, right, it's not going to be a generation of, what well, this is how things are done, so we no. keep doing it. It's going to be a, wait, why do we have to do it that way? Why don't we just change everything? And I think we've seen that a little bit in millennials, but I wonder if we'll see that yeah. amplified in, you know, Gen Z. I think Gen then, Z, are, you yeah. know, very much questioning why. I'm So we work with um, Adobe, as I said, and um, they did this Gen Z think tank, and I was listening back to some of the transcripts where they basically interviewed Gen Z, and they are so incredibly articulate and so incredibly wow, like yeah. powerful in how they're approaching the world that I definitely wasn't at 19. Yeah. You know, and just like blown away by, by how they're talking and what they're saying and things. And I think I could only see, you know, generation alpha, every generation tends to rebel a little bit about the right. one that came before it, or at least mm-hmm. a couple that came before it. And so I do think that generation alpha will be rebelling against its millennials and it will yeah. go a different way. But I think just the way that they see the world and how they've grown up with, 
you know, just technology's ever present, just right. the fact that, you know, boys and girls can do everything the same, right. that, you know, that sort of equality message, which, you know, I think we, not to get too deep, but I remember when I was growing up, the equality was like, everyone is the same. Yes. Yeah. Everyone is the same. Yep. We don't notice colour. We don't, yes. we don't God, talk about yes. it. You know, mm-hmm. and it clearly wasn't. Yeah. And, yep. and everyone thought if we just say everyone's the same, we'll be fine. And yep. I think now that's all changing and our mm. kids are going to grow up with that truly being the statement that people are different, but people are the same. Right. And, and I think that's going to be, you know, fascinating to see. And I think it's going to be an interesting challenge for brands to keep up. And, but I think it's, it's absolutely the right thing that, you know, we should be doing. And so I think brands understanding that is, is going to be amazing. I I think the brands keeping up, I think that's going to be really interesting to watch that because if they, if they fall behind and then they end up, you know, the, the, the tone deaf, right? Like the tone deaf, um, advertisements or like, you know, attempts to reach out, um, that always, um, you know, yeah. And, and these days those things tend to travel so quickly and they're exactly. forever like immortalized and like yeah. a screenshot or something of a terrible tweet yes. um, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> but I think that also the opportunity is there for brands like, yes, it's kind of, it's a little bit like the wild west right now, but you do have that opportunity. You know, I, I do think someone like a Procter and Gamble doing a podcast for kids, like, you know, when you say that, you're just like, what? That's kind of crazy, but yeah. um, I can't pull the stats up now, but I can send you that they did a report on how successful that was. And I mean, it was just, you know, phenomenally, it has been and it's still going, you know, phenomenally successful that for them in terms of, you know, not just changing behavior, but in terms of brand loyalty right. now among parents. You yeah. know, it's, it's incredible. So they're actually, they are genuinely changing the world because, right. you know, oral hygiene is actually really important right. and it's going to be a benefit to those kids for, you know, forever, but they're right. doing it in a way that's increasing such brand loyalty. That right. For brands, you've never really been able to measure that before. Yeah. never been able to see that impact before. And that's, you know, and now you've got that like relationship that, yeah. you know, putting a great effort out would never have been able to give oh, you that absolutely. relationship. Oh, absolutely. No, it was, it was just so one-sided, Exactly. Right? Whereas yeah. now I think, you know, the brands that get that right will yeah. do phenomenally well. Like, But then the brands that, that don't and continue yeah. to be tone deaf, I think are going to, to have to change really quickly. Right, right. Wow, well then it sounds like we'll have to have you back on this fall when you have yes, the next research definitely. out. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Laura. This was great. No worries. Thank you. And that concludes another episode of The Echo Chamber. Thank you to our guest, Laura. McDonald, thank you to our producers, marketeers, and we will be back soon with another episode. You've been listening to The Echo Chamber. Brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by Marketeers. Sponsored by The Bullet Group, putting you in tomorrow's conversations today. Today.